Hello, everybody. Welcome to Therapy Dog Talk. My name is Sherry. My pup's names are Sunny and Riley. And each week we talk with different therapy dog teams around the world about their experiences and the impact that they're making in their area. If you're just getting started and you're not sure where to get started, we have a free guide for you that you can find at freeguide.therapydogtalk.com. And we also have a community you can join at community.therapydogtalk.com. Today is a day of many days. Have you ever been to National Day, National, what day, whatever, if you Google what day is it today, there's so many things that come up. So three of the ones that really come to mind is it's Earth Day and it's Daniel's birthday, which is my husband and my dogs are obsessed with him. So it's a big deal for them. But the reason that we're here today on a Saturday for Therapy Dog Talk is because it's National Beagle Day. And I love beagles. If you're on my mailing list, you know this. You've seen my story about how that started my love of dogs. Even when I was a child, I had Snoopy everything. I was obsessed with Snoopy. So today's guest is Cheyenne. We had her on here a little over a year ago talking about her dog, Tiana, and also about her previous dog, Sophie, and their experiences as a therapy dog team. And today we're going to talk about how she's been sweating for the wedding since we last talked to her. She is engaged. Marty has become a therapy dog. I think when we last talked, Marty, she wasn't sure would ever be a therapy dog. And Tiana has become a crisis response dog. We have a lot to talk about. So I'm going to stop talking and get her in here so we can hear her side of the story. Hi, Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I feel like it's been so long since we were on a live, but you're always here. Oh, all the beagles. Oh, yeah. They're being very beagly today. Hi, Tian. I believe that. Oh, oh, we're not going to cooperate now. It's fine. They're being extremely beagly now. Wait. Yeah, they both are. The last time we talked, she slept the whole time. Yeah, she totally did. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Well, Cheyenne. You're always here, I feel like, for every episode, but for those who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself and your pups? Yes, I'm Cheyenne, and I have now two therapy beagles. There's Marty. Hey, Marty. Marty. Who does not like the camera? And then there's Tia. Come here. Come here. Sit. Oh, okay. Okay. Sit. Wait. Okay. Okay. Good girl. So I'm a therapy dog handler with my two beagles. I've been a therapy dog handler since 2017 with my first Beagle, Sophie. And funny that we mentioned this on National Beagle Day because she was at one time the only Beagle at Sky Harbor where we volunteer at the International Airport in Phoenix. And uh, there's an article on her from a few years ago for National Beagle Day. So that's how I found out this holiday even existed. So we love it. I did not know that. Now I'm going to have to go find that article. Yeah, sure yeah. I get um, just Google National Beagle Day, Sophie, Sky Harbor. It's the first option. That's awesome. Do you know how National Beagle Day started? I couldn't find it. I, I feel like I should have looked that up before I came on. But no, I don't know how that started. But what a great holiday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love it. There's a dog or pet holiday almost every day, yes. but... 
I know that we had a lot to update on your journey, so it seemed like the perfect reason. Yeah, a lot's happened. And, you know, it's funny, as, as some of you know, I was on this interview about a year ago, and you specifically asked me if Marty was ever going to be a therapy dog, and I said no. So here we are. That was not planned, but she showed that she was ready to. So we're definitely going to talk about that today. Oh, let's dive right in there. What do you think changed for Marty? What led to her wanting to interact with people? And what do you think prevented her from doing so before? It's a bit more of her story. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. I adopted her around the time that Sophie got diagnosed with cancer. This was during the pandemic. Her name is Marty because she's from Louisiana and she was found around Mardi Gras time. The name stuck and my dad was from New Orleans, so it was perfect. She got transported to Arizona from a high kill shelter to Arizona Beagle Rescue. They have a great volunteer team that basically tag team to bring adoptable beagles over. Arizona doesn't get a lot of eagles, to be honest, but in the South, they do. So she was transported over here. She had heartworm. So, you know, we couldn't even really get into any kind of training at first, you know, just because this was the height of the pandemic. She had heartworm, so she had to be completely inactive for four months. It was so funny because I did sign her up for training at that time. And because she was during heartworm treatment, she couldn't get spayed. And she went into heat during her first class and we could not do our class. So we had to postpone that for obvious reason. We knew she was smart enough to get the concept. And at that point, I was just trying to train her to be a dog because she was found as a stray. We think she was a rejected hunting dog, but she's super gun shy, but very hunt motivated, I guess, prey drive when she sees a rabbit. So you can tell she was trained at some point. Um, but again, she was very, very, very skittish. And that's why I originally wrote her off as never being a therapy dog. And that was okay. She was never aggressive, fearful. In fight or flight, she was always the flight response. So, you know, we really just took our time with her. I mean, it took her nine months to even be willing to use the dog door. Not because she didn't understand how it worked, but she was afraid to be in the vicinity up the dog door. She just always had a thing for, you know, noises, sudden movement. So that's why I thought she would never be a therapy dog. And that was okay. Around this time, I got Tiana, their best friends from day one. I think Marty is convinced she gave birth to that puppy. <laughs> I noticed Tiana really was becoming a good influence on Marty because Marty was getting more confident because Tiana's bold. That's why she's a multi-purpose therapy dog, because she's super bold, super brave. All the things Marty was really not. What ultimately led to Marty being a therapy dog, I told you all before, we're a part of Gabriel's Angels, where we work with at-risk youth. Well, about a year after we started doing that, we went to a volunteer appreciation lunch. Since it wasn't an official therapy dog visit, we were allowed to just bring our own dogs because we could go to the park and what and all that. So I brought Marty and everyone was like, oh, is she a therapy dog? And I'm like, oh, no, this wasn't in the books for her. But she started going up to everybody 
and was wagging her tail, just happy as could be, and almost a little jealous. Tiana was getting attention, and she's like, hey, I'm here too. Everyone started being like, are you sure she's not a therapy dog? I was just kind of mind blown because she was so afraid of everyone approaching her. And here we are with her just going up to everybody. So after that, I did some thinking about it. I'm like, why don't we do some therapy dog classes just to see how she does? And she got better. She got more confident. And one thing I did realize with Marty was she was probably always going to be a more quiet visit, more one-on-one type. She was not going to do airport or crisis response the way Tiana is. But it was like, well, maybe if we find the right environment, let her do this at her pace, you know, maybe she can thrive. If she shows she doesn't want to do it, that is totally okay, too. So with that, about a year later, we, we decided to test with ATD. And we tested with the test observer that tested Sophie, Tiana, and now Marty. And she remembered how Marty was in the beginning. Marty passed all three of her assessments with flying colors. We went to different environments. And while some things she never loved, like there's part of the test where someone runs by you, she's just kind of like, why'd you do that kind of thing? But she recovered. There used to be no recovery with her. Like if there was a loud noise, she would be afraid for hours. So that's why, again, I thought she therapy dog work was just not in her card. But she got better, you know, and it really was on her terms. And I should add, this was all done over the course of two and a half years. This was not something that happened, you know, even months after we adopted her. So yeah, I've been joking that with Marty, I should never say never. Because every time I do, I feel like she proves me wrong. I said she would never learn high five and she learned high five. So, you know, I say that she'll probably never do airport and I could be here a year later saying, oh, she goes to the airport now. But, you know, what matters is that we let her do what she is comfortable with. And what Marty currently does with Gabriel's Angels, she's part of the ABC program, which is the Animals, Books and Children program. That's basically where the kids reading below grade level practice reading to the dog. And that role was practically made for her. It's one-on-one. Youngest kids are first grade, so they're not like preschoolers bouncing all over her. She just loves it. It got to the point where, because she's so nose-driven, all the kids would be like, Marty, take a book. And she would nuzzle it with her nose. (laughs) So, yeah, she's been doing so well in that role. I originally thought the hospital, we're at Phoenix Children's Hospital. Last interview, Tiana and I just started there. We've been doing it for a year now and absolutely love it. I wasn't planning on bringing Marty because I thought the hospital beds and all that, she might not like that. But she got more confident and I talked to our volunteer coordinator and I was like, can we just run an assessment on her, see how she does? And she aced it. She wanted everyone's attention. She passed all the hospital tests that our volunteer coordinator looks for. And we're now four months in and she absolutely loves it there. I think she likes getting on the bed with the kids. One cute thing she has learned in the last few months, she's learned that when a kid is getting an IV or a needle put in, she rests her head 
on their lap like that. It's so huh? sweet. I'm like, Marty, who knew? Yes, Marty, <laughs> we're talking about you, Marty. But one <laughs> thing about her, she hates the camera. I'll have to share her hospital photo when it comes because she looks like she's about to retire and has been doing the job. <laughs> Whereas Tiana looks like an excited new hire. She does not love the camera. We've accepted that she just has that face and just does That's not. okay. But yeah, lo and behold, Marty is now a therapy dog. And if I were to give advice about a rescue, if you want to make them a therapy dog, just know that it might take time and let them do it on their turn. And to remember, it's also okay if they do not do therapy work. There's plenty of things that they can thrive in. But if they physically show you that they want to do the work, then I think that's definitely worth pursuing. And definitely be mindful of the environment. Not every therapy dog is going to be a good fit for the airport or for, you know, really busy events. Some of them are going to be more quiet setting, like a library type therapy dog. And that's the nice thing about therapy dog volunteer work is there's a lot of possibilities out there. So sometimes you just have to find what works for you and your dog. Yeah, definitely. How old do you think that Marty is? Marty's roughly six. They estimated her at the time to be two to three years old. And it seemed about right. So she's older. Hi, Tiana. You're pretty. Good girl. Good girl. <laughs> she's like, I make up for the last time I was asleep the whole time. Oh, but see, Tiana here loves the camera. It's fun <laughs> to see more of Tiana's personality, though, now that she's a little oh, yeah. time. Yeah. And when she's working, she's not quite this crazy. That's so why I joke with everyone. I'm like, she saves the crazy for us. Yeah. But literally a lover. Does she know the difference when you put on? I know she wears like a yes, little vest. She does. She definitely knows the difference. As I get yeah. rescued by beagles. Oh my goodness. What's going on back here? We're just celebrating Beagle Day hardcore over here. We are. And you know, Jared saved the day and looked it up for us. It started in 2017 when a guy wanted to win a Guinness record for the largest dog walk for a single breed. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I wonder how many people wow. he walked. <laughs> I don't know. But look that up after this. Oh, okay. Shout out to Jerry for finding that. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Wow. That's a relatively new holiday. Yeah. Well, since Tiana wants to be the star of the show today, I'd love to hear more about your crisis response experience. I know you were in my neighborhood a few months ago it's, doing the hope training. No. Tell us about it. It's a, it's a journey to become a crisis response dog. So how it works, first you apply if you're in the Pacific Southwest region, which is California, Arizona, and Nevada, I would start looking online to start getting your application in now because I know they're going to do testing this summer. You put in an application, it's pretty long. How it's different from regular therapy work is it entails going on deployments to things like Crisis events, whether it be natural disaster like earthquakes or um, fires, whatnot, we help more with the relief effort. Some people mistake it for search and rescue, and that's not what this is. They're training to become a comfort dog. It really does take a, 
particular therapy dog to do this work. It is called the Navy Seals of therapy dog work. But again, fill out the application, you do a background check, and then you do, I think it's a three-hour assessment. And part of that is going to be, can they handle being in a crate? Even though many of these dogs oftentimes don't need to be crated at home, on deployments, they may need to be in a crate for a while because these aren't your normal two-hour visits and you're done. Some of them are, but it depends on the assignment. So they have to be comfortable in a crate. They have to be comfortable with being left with the test observers. That's a little different than what they do in therapy dog work. So again, that's something to watch out for. I know during the test, they used actors to simulate a actual crisis response. For example, we had a lady that kept asking us, where's her child? She lost everything. Are we going to help her find her child? But you have to stay within your scope for that. You're not there to do the rescue efforts or anything. You're there to comfort them. So they really look to see how you respond to the people in crisis. For example, it's probably not appropriate to say, how are you doing when they clearly just lost their home and everything? It's how are you holding up? That kind of thing. So once you do the three-hour test. And it's also obedience. I forgot to mention it's part of it is very much like canine good citizen. They look for loose leash. They look for down, sit, stay, etc. And they look to see, are they reactive to other dogs? So they bring in a neutral dog to see how they do with that. It's such a long test. I feel like I'm forgetting some things. And then they make you wait for about an hour while they review your performance. And then they sit you down for an interview to go over your results. And then if you pass, they invite you to the the three-day training for the whole region. So Tiana and I passed and we were invited to go to Orange County. Hi, Tiana. And from there, it was a three-day workshop and it was eight hours. Actually, I think closer to 12 hours one day. So that included classroom work. It really just went over stories and examples of the kind of work we would do. They had little exercises, like they do an exercise on how comfortable are they wearing booties. So it was really funny watching all the dogs wearing their boots because there are going to be times if you're in a natural disaster where you want your dog to be comfortable wearing boots. So if that's something you're looking to do, that is something to get your dog comfortable with. It's an intense training at times. Like oh that stories. They also go over self-care because some of these situations you deal with or you're working with are very emotional, intense, etc. So they do teach you how to advocate for yourself and for your dog as well. So again, it's an intense training. And well, one thing that surprised me about the training was there's a part where we all go to dinner together. Realize at first that was part of the assessment is they look at their restaurant behavior. And of course, I'm like, oh, Tiana, you're going to have such a beat, aren't you? So they put her in the outside where all the waiters are rocking by. And I'm like, she's getting tempted. She's getting so tempted. And, you know, she can't be pulling all over the place and whatnot. That was an interesting part. And they do take you through airport security, which that was easy for us because we volunteer at Sky Rover, but for some of the dogs, that was an entirely new experience for them. And 
we do visit a fire station. And what I like is they gradually put the gear on the firefighter just to kind of acclimate the dogs to the firefighter. And then eventually they're in full gear and they have smoke from a barbecue going on just to kind of somewhat mimic what a situation like that could look like. And they turn on the fire truck and whatnot. What was hilarious was Tiana was like bomb proof with all that. After she passed day, they did a group photo and what set her off was the drone that they used to take the group photo of the class. That's when she got all barking and excited. I'm like, okay, well, I guess if there's a time to do it, now's the time. So yeah, that was really funny, but it's a wonderful experience. I definitely encourage anyone considering going for it to do it. That's Hope Animal Assisted Crisis Response. There's a chapter in every region. So there's likely something in your area that you could apply for. And they offer the trainings throughout the year, though I think it's usually towards the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. But definitely in the California and Arizona area, we need more teams. So think of applying this year if you think you and your dog have to be a good fit. So it's an experience and we've done a couple of deployments so far. One thing that has surprised me is how many student deaths there have been since I joined in October. I feel like that's been the majority of them. And we go visit the school, we comfort the staff and the students. So that's primarily what we have done so far. But you see these alerts on what the crisis response is for, and it just kind of reminds you of wow, you know, this stuff is happening every day, but it's the opportunity to make a difference in the community and provide comfort during such an awful time. So that alone is why we really enjoy doing it. Yeah, I see Finn just hopped on. I know <laughs> they, they were in the same board as you. They were in her class. Yeah. Then they'll actually be on in a few months in September to talk about their experience. So I'm looking forward to that. They're such a great team. We see them oftentimes at LA events. Cheyenne, is there a requirement through Hope as to how long they have to have been volunteering as a therapy dog before yeah, applying? Yeah, a year. Because the requirement is they have to be at least a year and a half, but they have to have a year's experience of therapy dog work and you can't test younger than a year. So I don't know. But Basically, they have to have a year's experience of therapy work. And of course, it would be ideal if they have experience in kind of busy, high-stress environments like an airport or hospital or something like that. Again, this is definitely a role that's not going to be right for every therapy dog. So you kind of have to know, would this be right for me and for my dog? Even after you're a whole team, you have to decide if the deployment is right for you and for your dog. If you think that this will be just uh, emotionally draining or you know, maybe can't handle this, you know, it's okay to admit that too. It can definitely be intense at times, but it's definitely worth joining if you think you and your dog are a good fit for it. Yeah. How do those deployments work? Do they just kind of send out an alert? We need dogs at this location. They have a special app that they invite you to once you join and you get alerts on when, where, give you a little bit about the situation. Sometimes, oh, that is one thing to remember if you do join Hope. 
the big saying is be gumby. So be flexible, be able to go with the flow, go with change of plans. Where I was going with that is sometimes you get those requests and things can totally change on you. It could be a different time. It could be just uh, whatever can change. So being flexible is definitely going to be an important part of being a hope therapy team, both for you and for your dog. But I think in that situation, it's mostly for the amber. But yeah, they put in a deployment request and you can say that you're going to attend or not. You really have to stay there as a team, particularly important to be on time because sometimes that's when you get the information on what's going on. And if you're late, you could accidentally say something wrong or maybe not appropriate for the situation. So definitely something that you have to be really punctual for. In fact, I always say for hope deployments, arrive as early as you can. Plus, you want to give your dog a chance to whatever the deployment assignment is. So yeah, yeah, definitely something to watch out for. We haven't done an out-of-state one yet or what I call a major like natural disaster one. So oh it's one of those like, I don't want to hope for that to happen because that would be awful. <laughs> but I'm right. hoping that it should the chance arise that we'll get to help those in need of that time. Yeah. And then you're responsible for your own expenses and accommodations, right? Yes. Because it is through a nonprofit charity, you can claim it on income taxes. They may be able to reimburse in some cases, but it's best to expect that you're going to pay your way. That is one thing to be mindful of if you do decide to join Hope. I wouldn't have been able to do this if I was a college student volunteering as a therapy dog team. A lot of the volunteers honestly are retired, so they can do this pretty much whenever. You have to be really mindful of how flexible is your work schedule. I happen to have a supervisor that's super flexible about it. So she's really good about if I get a last minute deployment, approving me to go and trying to work with me within reason, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, it is definitely more costly than doing regular therapy work. I think they said the average expense in the first year was close to a thousand. The play hotel, travel, the workshop, the gear you need, etc. So I would say definitely not always the cheapest, but they do try to get you group rates with the hotel, the airport, whatever, to get you the best rate possible. So there is that. And I will say for the workshop, it was not too bad. Coming from Arizona, we had a nice group of people that passed the test, you know, going together as a team. So that was a really good experience by itself. Yeah. What would you say your biggest learning experience has been from this so far? I think definitely communication is a big part of that. It can be super easy to have miscommunications on those things. And it's extremely important in crisis response. Definitely keeping an open mind and really paying attention to directions. Not saying I deliberately don't follow directions. That's not what I mean. But <laughs> really pay attention to the details for mm -hmm. home. Then again, be really mindful of your dog. In fact, in hope work, they want the dogs to be four feet apart instead of two feet apart. And one of the reasonings behind that is it can 
be a more stressful environment than a normal therapy shift. So a dog that might be normally calm, cool around other dogs might need a little more space that day. So if you are thinking of going for hope, try to practice having your dog being four feet away from other dogs and not just two feet like you would in normal therapy work. I think we had 15 people in our class, as big as a Newfoundland, as little as a Boston Terrier. So it was kind of close quarters, but also stay about four feet apart from each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Bubble says they love four feet and they wish Alliance would upgrade to the second. (laughs) I would probably love that part of hope. There was one dog in class that she just fell in love with, the little Boston Terrier. We had to keep them separate like the whole weekend so they would focus because they were so in love. So we waited until the end of the workshop for them to go to the restaurant and they just laid next to each other and just like odd and just loved each other. So that was adorable. That's so cute. Love at first sight. (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome. Well, Shane, I don't want to keep you here forever, but is there anything else that you wanted to share while you're here? If you think that your rescue could possibly be a therapy dog, uh, try not to judge it in the first year that you have them. Sometimes they'll show right away that, yes, they are a good fit for therapy work, but really just let them do it at their own pace. And really, you should be doing that with any dog. I didn't want to make it sound like that's just limited to rescues. But sometimes your dog may just be ready for therapy work at a later time than you expect or what you want. It's okay if they're not ready to test at a year old or two years old. Marty was fine when she tested and hey, she's doing a good job now. So, you know, I think Tiana was a little more of an exception testing at a year old and working since then. But really, it's when you and your dog are ready to. So, you know, not to feel discouraged if maybe they don't show signs that they're ready in the first year. Just give it time and keep expectations low. Yeah. I think your dog will pressure the banter off. Yeah. In fact, I joke that I, I'm never going to say never again with Marty because <laughs> she just loves to prove me wrong. So, yeah. 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 I love that you don't put the pressure on her. I love that she just told you, hey, actually, I do want to do yeah. this thing. Yeah, they really did. And now she, Tiana's the belly rub dog. Marty is the wiggle butt dog. You know, she just, (laughs) the wiggle. That's how she lets me know she loves what she's doing. That, and she rests her head on you when she's just calm and snuggly. So yeah, yeah, that's how she lets me know she loves it. And I know one thing that's important if you have a dog that, you know, might be a little more prone to stress. Marty, her sign that the environment's too much for her, if she does not make a high-value treat, like a piece of beef, chicken, whatever, she needs to leave, like, right away. At least leave that area, because she's not the most food-driven beagle in the world. I know, that's funny to say. But I know if she doesn't take her treat that she normally likes, then she's over threshold. So... Figure out what your dog's threshold is and constantly pay attention to it. And please honor it if they are over their threshold. I think that's one reason why Marty ended up doing so well was because I always watched out for her threshold. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, Allie and Penny say thank you. Allie says that they have a rescue that just turned one and it's a lot of pressure to put on your dog. And Bubbles says they're never too old. 
just keep gradually exposing them to social situations. Like we took her to that park for that event. And sometimes they'll surprise you. And if they're sure they're not ready yet, then they're not ready yet. Just small steps at a time and reward them when they're doing a good job. So whatever that reward may be, boy, tree, whatever. Well, thank you, Cheyenne. I hope you and Marty and Tiana and your extra beagle there, I forget her name. Is it Mia? It is Lula. I hope you all enjoy National Beagle Day together. (laughs) Thank you. Take care. Bye.